the best and the brightest and the hardest striving students go to schools like Yale University, right? So maybe business leaders need to pay attention to what the best and the brightest may actually want. Yale University just recently offered a, a class on happiness, and that was the yeah. title. It was the, the number one enrolled class in the history of Yale University, right? And, and people wanted to take a class on how to be happy, right? So, I mean, you think about that, it's, it's, it's pretty telling, right? James Harrington is a general counsel at Radius Health. As a longtime GC, he knows the pressures that corporate lawyers face. Harrington sat down with the Vanguard Network's Ken Banta, along with Nigel Jones, who works with companies around the world on improving the mental health of their employees. Ken started the conversation by focusing on the mental health of corporate lawyers. So let's start by asking, uh, regarding lawyers, law firms, law departments, uh, is this group particularly vulnerable to uh, mental health issues and stress? And, and if so, why, uh, Nigel? Uh, many, many of us as human beings are of course subject to challenges of mental health, but the, the research shows that the legal profession is more susceptible than many for, for a whole raft of reasons, including perfectionism um, and our job the day job of lawyers being to spot problems and, and the difficulty that many lawyers have in avoiding taking that mindset home with them. Uh, so yes, over the years, that has been shown to be a particular concern. Uh, and I think that's manifesting itself through the current challenges many organizations and people are finding uh, through lockdown. So, so yes, in, in short, lawyers are more susceptible than many other professions. Jim, uh, when you look at uh, the way lawyers behave, as uh, Nigel was describing, uh, are there some particular barriers that you see that get in the way of GCs, in particular GCs, and uh, mental health? And uh, any thoughts about uh, how you might address those uh, issues, or diagnose them at least, and see that, see that they're there and, and address them? And I'm thinking particularly of general counsels, so the people who are leading the organization. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, this, this isn't rocket science. The, the stress levels around a general counsel, deputy general counsel uh, is very high. Your, your hours working, whether you're at a law firm or in a corporation are significant. People are trying to juggle um, managing up, right? So board level uh, issues, um, chairman of the board level issues, and then managing down where you have a large uh, law department, right? I mean, at Shire, we had 180 international lawyers. It was always tasked to, you know, manage them effectively. The younger lawyers, of course, um, millennials want more direct feedback, more mentoring. And I think those issues um, just become more profound under the current circumstances where you can't meet with people in person. Going to your question, what can leaders do? I, I would encourage people to stop thinking that there is a balance on the one hand between profitability or commercial success and on the other the well-being of your people and recognize that those tram lines are directly parallel and synergistic if you don't look after yourself and your people your business will not be sustainable it will not be commercially successful and it will not generate a profit so 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 as don't, don't think of this as, do I look after my people or do I make a profit? 
it's if I want to make a profit and be successful, and I want to respect the increasing shift towards ESG and a focus on society and everybody's stakeholders, not just shareholder return, then looking after myself, number one, because if I'm not well, I can't look after anybody else. Make sure I'm looking after myself, find ways of doing that, share with other people what they are and, and explore with other people how they're going to be looking after themselves whilst being realistic about the inability of any of us to predict exactly what's going to happen over the next six months or even six years. Nigel, uh, tell us a little more about the Alliance and uh, what it does. So just, just very briefly, so I mentioned earlier, it, it, we started out with uh, three of us, one, uh, one from a law firm, one from an accountancy firm, one from a bank, and, and we all thought it was a bit odd that given that we were all entirely dependent on our people, that we were engaging in activities which created sickness rather than created health. Now, we, we create jobs. Many of those are very good jobs. I believe I had one. I had the privilege of working with Jim, who's a fantastic client to work with. Um, and so there are lots of good things, but there are also, you know, the long hours culture, the jacket on the back of the, um, the chair, um, you know, the, the chargeable hour bonus structure. Many of those were counterproductive to the long-term well-being of our people. So why were we doing this? And the people in the, in the law firm were saying, well, it's because of the banks. The banks were saying, no, it's because of the accountants. The accountants were saying, no, it's because of the law firms. And that's before you get the, the other forms of clients that are represented in this group here. So we all thought, well, why are we all blaming each other? Why don't we work together? And that's really where we started. We created a safe space in which senior people from business could talk to each other openly and honestly about how mental health and well-being is important to them individually and to the success of their businesses. We, we had, so we had small groups, then we had larger groups, and we've now moved as an organization into producing some products and some services, so training packages, um, uh, a thriving at work um, system where you can, you can monitor how you're doing against a, a set of criteria, and we're launching that as a global product uh, very early in November. So, so we, but the main thing, our, our aim is to reduce stigma, improve mental health literacy, and most importantly, identify practical steps that people can take to keep themselves well and to help their people keep themselves well. You know, is it yoga and an apple? Is it, is it running a marathon? The answer is it's all of the above, depending on what um, is there. Is it healthy eating? Is, is it gym membership? And, and again, the most important message is that came out of that were, you've got to lead it from the very top in words and actions. There's no point in the, the CEO or the GC delegating to the human resources team uh, the implementation of a policy and then behaving in a way which is directly contrary to it. In fact, I won't give presentations to people who won't have the senior partner or the CEO in the room because unless he or she is willing to be there, they haven't proved to me that they've met that fundamental criterion. And, and, and so responding to the invitation from the head of HR to speak to the next level down it is a waste of their time, it's a waste of their money and so on. So leading from the top, but also the power of stories of so people being willing to share those stories. And so that's what we have helped people do. And that's been very powerful And the collaboration sharing to, to come back to a question you asked earlier, what, what has not worked? What mistakes have you made? And create a forum where where people are willing and able and confident in sharing those things, not because they were stupid or, or 
it was the wrong thing to do. They just did an experiment which didn't give the result they hoped for. And at least that means somebody else doesn't. So it's a range of those things. Jim, um, clearly we look at the US and uh, general counsels uh, and their teams. Uh, a lot of work being done on social equity now and uh, related matters of, of uh, racial equity. Uh, maybe not so much on mental health. Uh, do you think it's feasible to uh, do a similar job here that uh, Nigel's doing there? Yeah, I mean, I think we are certainly more sensitive around mental health in the U.S. and, and for obvious reasons, right? I mean, we talked about it previously. Um, we have a, uh, an explosion of mental health um, issues arising from our young people, right? When Yale University just recently offered a, a class on happiness, and that was the yeah. title, it was the, the number one enrolled class in the history of Yale University, right? And, and people wanted to take a class on how to be happy, right? So, I mean, you think about that, it's, it's, it's pretty telling, right? So, was, you know, giving an example, I completely agree with um, Nigel's, uh, common, you have to lead from the top. So as a practical example, when I was head of the department at Shire, uh, I have three young boys, well, older boys now, but at the time were young and they all played soccer and tennis. It was a regular occurrence that I would leave at four o'clock to go coach their teams. And I would, you know, come back to work later on in the night or whatever. But my law department saw that I would do that. I led by example. It's easy to say, well, you know, work-life balance is important it's a whole nother animal to actually leave at four o'clock and have them see me leave in many times dressed in, you know, coaching outfit to go out and run with them and, and work out with the boys and coach the team. Um, you know, and so, so they took it very quickly. Well, it must be okay to do it. If I have a, a personal a commitment at home, whether it's school or whatever, um, if Jim is doing it. And so, you know, going back to what uh, Nigel said, I think that's completely correct. You got to lead by example. It's just like ethical kind of um, questions. If, if it's not exhibited by the top, then it's probably not going to be exhibited at the bottom. Nigel, maybe one last thing and then any other ideas you guys have. Um, do you think that uh, the principles of the Alliance could be adapted or expanded into the US? Uh, maybe different uh, implementation, but is it a, is that the sort of thing that could be done here? I, I meant you mentioned that you're also expanding into other uh, cultures and geographies. Well, first of all, it, it's not for someone based in London to, to say how any other country should should address this issue, obviously, but I think there are common, common features across humanity, uh, which need to be taken into account as well as cultural differences across different cultures and countries. Um, and actually, I, I'm preparing to lead an internal discussion of another organization uh, shortly where there are representatives from Delhi, uh, Beijing and Addis Ababa. And, and the first question we've asked them to address to me, to me only in advance is what does mental health mean to you, which hmm. I think is a really important question because I've no idea what it means in Addis Ababa. And, and when, where I've said we're expanding, this is not London going to Hong Kong and telling them it's Hong Kong saying we've heard what you're doing could you come and help us set up something locally it's it's Australia doing the same thing it's Singapore doing the same thing so so our aim is to share what we've learned with anybody who who wants to hear it not to go out and tell people what to do thanks Jim uh, any last thoughts uh, that you'd like to share I think we're just about out of time 
Yeah, some, something just really quick. So at Shire, we would measure employee engagement and happiness regularly. And the number one question uh, that Gallup uh, would use that was correlated to the level of happiness was, did, did you have a close friend or um, confidant at work? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that, um, originally, I thought, well, that's a crazy question. Not everybody has a close friend at work. And, you know, Gallup said that, you know, that question they give to multiple companies in multiple industries, and it's consistent across the board that it's the number one correlation to em employee retention, happiness, engagement, everything you want to, you know, try to have in your workforce. That was James Harrington, General Counsel for Radius Health and Nigel Jones, co-founder of the City Mental Health Alliance in the UK. Speaking with the Vanguard Network's Ken Banta, the Real Leadership Podcast is just one of the membership benefits of the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silber. Thanks for listening.